Malcolm Honline is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He joins us live from Jerusalem. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you. It's good to be back with you after your uh, break, my break. Um, <laughs> and as you said, I'm in Jerusalem. I'm at the Inbound, a wonderful hotel, such a friendly and wonderful staff here, and new, beautiful new rooms, which I know you occupied. And uh, they have a plaque now on the room where you stayed. And, and, and the weather is beautiful. Contrary to a lot of the reports, it did rain a lot the last few days. Uh, record rains, in fact, and a lot of flooding in Tel Aviv and in the north, and unfortunately even some fatalities from the, the flooding. And when I arrived yesterday, I saw a sampling of it. It's really uh, huge downpours, but now the prediction is for weather in the 50s, and it's very beautiful now. It is amazing that you're there at a time when, as you just described, uh, the rain unfortunately uh, did cause deaths and, of course, uh, you know the, the dichotomy. By the same token, uh, Israel always needs rain, and uh, it, it, it's hard not to be thankful for record rainfall. So you have that, that whole conflict going on, of course, in everyone's mind because of the danger that it uh, opposed for so many. But um, uh, we pray for rain. We pray for rain for the Holy Land, and there's no question they got a tremendous dose of it um, in recent days. Um, I want to start on this side. Obviously, our listeners know, and they've been uh, demanding that we get to these these um, uh, conversations about uh, Iraq, Iran, and so many things happening on the other side of the world, Israel, of course. Uh, but i got to start on this side of the world. Malcolm, um, it, you know, the, the anti-Semitism issue is obviously a national and international issue. You know that last weekend uh, there was a uh, a major effort to bring this to the forefront, to basically state Jew and Gentile alike, many, many great people, both Jew and non-Jew, gathered together in New York City to state that there'll be no tolerance for these episodes that have been happening and uh, and the things that have been going on and some of the things that are being said as well. Uh, by public officials and by um, and by uh, members of the press. Uh, w- what was your takeaway from last weekend? Did you feel that the American, or more specifically in this case, the New York, New Jersey collective Jewish community did a good job in response to the anti-Semitism issue? I think that the event itself was remarkable. It was convened on a few days' notice, and it was not a political event. No politicians spoke. Some marched. But it was meant to be an, a, a, an exclamation by the Jewish community and the non-Jewish community that zero, of zero tolerance, uh, that this is unacceptable. Uh, I hope that all of the words will be matched by deeds and by consistent action. It's not a one-shot deal. Uh, but it was very important for people to have an opportunity to come together, and so many thousands did, to demonstrate their outrage, and every political leader has to read that. But uh, while it was a New York, New Jersey phenomenon, people came from Toronto, Cleveland, elsewhere, which I think reflects the fact that this is a nationwide uh, um, experience, and even moreover, I would say a worldwide one, I know the calls I got from heads of Jewish communities around the world, communities that we fight for their security generally, calling up to express solidarity with the American Jewish community, asking if they could be of help, but also telling me something which I had not thought about, that when an event like those that took place, that took place in Muncie, but the others that took place in the New York area over the last uh, weeks, 
and the intensity of the, of those uh, of the number of incidents they said that it becomes open season in their countries right that if people get away with it in new york and new york being a jewish city they say that it can be an incentive to people everywhere to engage in such activities or to give them a license uh, obviously it is happening everywhere in europe south america uh, i mean there's no part of the globe that is not touched today by uh, manifestations of anti-Semitism, particularly spread by the Internet. But the sim- symbolism of these events in New York goes beyond just the, the borders of the five uh, boroughs or even the, two, the tri-state area. It has global implications. Yeah, international ramifications. Um, I, I know you don't like to focus on this stuff, but I think it's important, especially for this audience who wants to hear some statement about it. There were some public officials who one can argue really didn't belong there. Your reaction to that? I believe that you um, that you don't disrupt the whole event and turn the focus on them, which may be exactly what they want. The best thing it was, uh, and as was proven to be true, was to ignore them. Those who marched, most people, the vast majority, did not know that they were there, uh, and that um, uh, it doesn't exculpate them. It's if they if we were to exclude them or the sponsors, the others. To exclude them, that would become an issue and give a message that uh, that we don't want everybody's support. And I think it's imperative that those who do engage in it are the ones who are most responsible and have the biggest obligation to express their outrage at, at these attacks. But I don't think anybody is misled or, or misunderstands the uh, the importance of it. I also think that it's important to, uh, and, you, and you through your experience all these decades can, can tell us that this is true, uh, there are those who either change their mind a little or change their behavior a little on these issues. You never know when a gathering like this might have a positive effect on somebody. It is true, and, it, and even if it forces them to say something, they have to hear their own words, hearing the denunciation of it. It shouldn't fool us. It shouldn't, um, you know, the, the instant conversions are rare. But uh, but you're right. It is important that everybody come out and that the, uh, the the diversion of attention should the should they have been made the focus of attention would have been detrimental to the very strong message that was sent and the media carried uh, around the country of the rejection of anti-Semitism. And I and I think it it. it um, it it was handled in the right way. Uh, and finally, before we move to the international, uh, well, more of a you know an international flavor in terms of the news of the day, um, you mentioned reaction from from Jewish communities around the world. Um, I'm curious about reaction from Israel because uh, again, uh, we've always talked about Israel, you know, n- needing uh, the support of. Uh, countries in the diaspora, especially, you know, uh, the United States. We've talked about that and how that is shifting tremendously over the last few years. More of the diaspora is now depending on Israel. Uh, it seemed this was another example of that, that uh, that now, and I'm not talking about the whole, oh, everybody has to come to Israel, make out, forget, I'm not talking about that whole speech right now. I'm simply saying that the prime minister of Israel, uh, as an example, has a much more important role than in past years when it comes to episodes like this. And again, Israel seems to be leading the diaspora on major issues like this. Well, it is because it's a Jewish state which has the major capabilities of dealing with outbreaks of anti-Jewish violence and has both the diplomatic corps. But I think each country 
the communities have been mobilized and the resources utilized, in some cases very limited. In, in the case of America, we're a vast community and we have significant resources that are being applied, but physical security is using up a lot of those resources and, and, and attention. But, uh, but we also know that the campaign against Israel is part of the same anti-Semitic campaign, except that they go after the collective Jew, not the individual Jew. They think that that is more politically correct and acceptable to say you hate Zionists or you hate Israel than to say you hate Jews, even though that's what you really mean. So the, the reaction here, by the way, people all the time have been asking me about it and about how serious it is. and. Do the kids go out at night? And I know there are communities where today people are hesitant to let their children go out and to go to Jewish institutions. That should not be the case. That's a victory for the bad guys. We should continue to, to have Jewish symbols publicly and to attend events and to make, our, and make sure that our schools and institutions are welcoming, even as we increase the necessary measures for maximum security uh, of our community. But the Israelis, uh, you know, don't have a real sense, and they're trying to grasp how, how widespread it is, who's doing it, and is there really a way to counter it at this point? And we try to explain and put into context what is happening in America. Great point. Uh, Malcolm Holmline is in Jerusalem. Malcolm, when the uh, leading country of the free world has an opportunity to eliminate a terrorist Soleimani, do they have an obligation to go ahead and do so? I think that what the president did and what the American troops did was very important. Uh, I think it ranks with Osama bin Laden and maybe even more important because bin Laden was largely a symbolic figure. This guy was operational. It's somebody I've talked on this show about for many years, as you know, uh, and uh, his removal has thrown the militias and that of Mohandas, who was uh, the head of uh, uh, one of the militia uh, groups, um, um, the Kataib uh, Hezbollah, which has gotten more and more attention in, in recent weeks, uh, and the the Iranian-Iran Revolutionary Guards, Al-Quds Force, arms and trains and directs the militia soldiers, whose strength has been estimated up to 25,000 uh, troops. And the um, the absence of both Suleiman and Mohandas has uh, has left them leaderless and directionless, and they are, uh, from all the reports we get, um, in disarray and in chaos. But more than that, this is the guy who carried out attacks, many attacks, that took the lives of countless Americans and countless others. He he is um, he was involved in planning, even if you know people doubt whether it was an immediate attack on the embassy, he carried out an attack on an embassy. And he's been carrying out attacks and organizing the troops to, to counter the United States, Israel, and others, our allies, there and throughout the region. So this was a very important measure, and taking out somebody who kills and, and murders in the way he does. You saw how the misinformation immediately that American 80 Americans were killed. Another report that I saw that circulated for almost two days was that 224 U.S. troops were taken to Israeli hospitals because they're, they, you know, to hide them from public view, but they're being treated. All of this, of course, was nonsense and, and not true. Um, 
and you see sometimes the muted reaction from from certain elements. You don't see condemnations. In fact, there were celebrations in much of the Arab world, and in Gaza, where they put set up a funeral tent, they came under heavy fire from Egypt, Jordan, Saudi Arabia, UAE, and others, saying this is a guy who killed your brothers, and and you're setting up a memorial tent or in any other way um, extolling him. So they they backed off and and removed it. You, but, you, you just gave us a two minute uh, commonsensical um, analysis of why it was important to eliminate him when the U.S. had the opportunity. Why is it that so? And, and you compared it to to Bin Laden. And remember how the president then, uh, the then president of the United States, was praised by everyone across the board for eliminating him. Uh, why is it then that so many public officials, especially obviously on the Democratic side of the aisle, that so many members of the media and so many countries' leaderships outside of Israel, of course, are having such difficulty with what President Trump directed? Uh, I don't think most leaders are having uh, great difficulty. There, Obviously, everybody's concerned about potential repercussions. Uh, I am not. I think that the, uh, I mean, obviously we are concerned, but I don't see immediate steps being taken. Uh, the the action that was taken was a limited one, and um, the, the, the damage was contained and no Americans were hurt. I think Iran does not want a war, not with Israel, not with the United States, and is therefore containing the response. It may well come in nine months from now, as, as you know, with the killing of Munia, it came a year later, uh, so it doesn't mean it's over. But I think the, that a lot of the countries now are reexamining their relationship with Iran, when um, and especially with the, the, the downing of the Ukrainian um, passenger plane and the death of uh, over 170 people, and whether it was an accident or not, looking at um, at what what really was behind it and seeing if we'll have full disclosure. But, but on the overall uh, situation, these people know that Soleimani has been a threat to the stability of Lebanon, Iraq, Syria, uh, of the whole region, and to their countries as well. And the removals, they all really have, uh, I'm sure, issued a sigh of relief, just as they're concerned about potential ramifications. We see Iran moving further. Now the fifth step, which essentially ends completely their commitments to the JCPOA, even though they haven't pulled out of it, but they announced they're reaching fully, that now their research and development moving back to full force. Essentially all the commitments now have been, have been put aside. Uh, so we're going to see them be more aggressive in that regard. And they, the new sanctions are being imposed by the United States. But Iran's adventurism has never diminished. And despite all of the efforts of the Europeans to establish alternatives to what America has cut off or uh, to, to violate the sanctions, they have to have come to the realization that this is an enemy that threatens them, that has killed people in their own countries, targeted assassinations of dissidents in Europe, and threatens their troops abroad. You don't sound frustrated enough for me about the members of the media and those on the other side of the aisle, compared to the president, who have been uh, you know, so vocal uh, with their criticism about this move. Is it, should, should it bother us? Because, as again, as you compared it to bin Laden, we really should have a consensus on this issue? I do believe there should be a consensus, and, uh, uh, you know, it's not a kind of thing you can take a poll on and uh, ask people before you carry out such right. a sensitive uh, uh, maneuver in uh, in a foreign country. 
but, you know, I think that they do themselves a lot of damage to the media when they, they engage in the kind of rhetoric and excessive uh, comments that have been made, because when there is something that they may legitimately criticize, people are just going to dismiss it and say everything today is political. Everything right. is right. partisan politics. Right. And that's, right. that's harmful in the long run to the kind of discussions that we should be having about uh, every issue and the pressure that needs to be brought to bear. You know, we, we saw an example, it's, it's an aside, but uh, that MasterCard and American Express and um, uh, other um, uh, Visa uh, all agreed to block donations to an NGO, a North American non-governmental organization uh, called Samidun, after it was shown that they were a front for the popular front for the liberation of Palestine. Mm. And that uh, of the ties and donor box and PayPal had done it similarly, but it wasn't the only move. Spotify also removed the Hitler glorifying playlists. I think that people are finally taking responsibility, and the internet companies have a huge amount of responsibilities. The media has a huge amount of responsibility, and they should be held to account, as well as all the others who are engaged in in uh, public expressions and public and have public responsibilities are influentials on others it it is frustrating when you see some of the ill-informed comments and the distortions about the role of of Iran about their activities and and the role of uh, of Suleiman in particular well well said Malcolm Holmline is in Jerusalem this is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world in the web and nahomsegel.com and the nahomsegel network and of course on the beloved NSN app. Malcolm Holmline is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. I mean, on, on the on the jetliner, you're not going to conjecture, right? We just have no clue if it was an accident or not at this point, correct? Right. All right. And on the other one, I just want to make this, I want to understand this clearly. I was under the impression that Iran did, in fact, publicly declare an end to the Iran deal. Would that be an inaccurate statement? They did not pull out of the JCPOA, is what I said. Uh-huh. And uh, so... The, the terminology make, it may make a difference, the semantics of saying that they pull out or are they not ad- adhering to it. Right. So, so far they've now, this is the fifth stage, and I've tried to outline them as they occurred in the past, you know, about increasing the, going beyond the 3.67% enriched uranium, the level for enrichment, or this, the amount of material that they stockpiled, et cetera. And so now they have essentially... Um, canceled all of their obligations uh, to the JCPOA, but have not formally pulled out. All right, let's talk about some of the violent reaction. We'll start with the more recent one in that area against Americans. There, there was an attack at the Al-Assad Air Base, correct? That did take place. Yes. All right. And that, and, it, it, it took place. And, who, and Iran takes responsibility for that? Well, this, their, their proxies would take uh, responsibility for it. And the... Um, you know, it's the good forces, and you have the militias. You know, there's so many uh, uh, different groups. They have uh, many different militias, Shiite and Sunni militias. But all aligned, with, Shi- but all aligned with the Ira- with the Iranians. The Shia right. ones are aligned, and the um, and and the, yes, so the, it could have been carried out. We saw yesterday the bombing on the Iran Iraq border, the Iraq Syria border, mm. of shipments that were being sent to Hezbollah of advanced missiles, of ballistic missiles. So, you know, the, the and we know that, for instance, sniper equipment, other things were being sent into Iraq by from Iran. So Iran continues all of these activities and the, the different um, militias 
and offshoots of Hezbollah and Hezbollah itself um, are continuing to try to uh, advance their capacity for an ultimate showdown or even for limited actions. And, and if I have this correct, if I have the timeline correct, because the last couple of weeks have been, you know, a lot, lot, lot of activity over the last couple of weeks in the news, uh, if I have the timeline correct, before uh, 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 Soleimani was uh, was eliminated, uh, e- even before that was the takeover or the attempt to take over the American embassy in Iraq. Am I right about that? That was first? That was first. The, it was the attack on the embassy and you know, the killing of an American contractor. What is the base. status right now at the American embassy in Iraq? Well, it's still there, and it's functioning, and it's protected. It's in the green zone. Um, so... And the demonstrations, have, um, because of everything else that's going on, I think have dissipated. You had very big demonstrations there, and um, in the immediate aftermath of the killing as well. And and but remember, the demonstrations before that were against Iran's presence in um, in in Iraq, and particularly against Suleiman, who was seen as the main architect for Iran in uh, in Iraq as well as Syria. Lebanon. And even and, and even with all the um, uh, missile strikes, etc., that have happened over the years, over the most recent years, this is obviously the most direct uh, violent attack on American targets by Iran uh, in this most recent period of time. Right? That's that's safe to say. In the most recent time, the the attack on the base. You mean was right. the, the most ba- direct? The- right. As opposed, you know, because we had the attack on our on our. Um, on the Marines, we've had other attacks right. against our allies. Right, but I'm certainly the Saudi attack. Yeah, I'm referring to that one. I'm referring to the embassy, etc. So now, Syria's a neighbor, Russia's a neighbor. We always ask this question. Turkey has their eyes toward the region. Who's 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 desperately hoping the U.S. Do, does something? Who's watching this situation very closely and and uh, hoping it doesn't become uh, volatile and incendiary? Well, I think those that would be described as our allies, Egypt, Saudi Arabia, UAE, Jordan, others, uh, welcome what the United States did, welcome the United States again having a presence. Uh, you know, they've often complained that during the previous administration and this administration that America seems to withdraw, et cetera. Right. So I think that this was a reaffirming uh, measure. You mentioned something important that people don't think about, and that is that it's not just what Iran is doing. As, as serious it is, and as you know, Israel has developed a new laser response, an anti-missile defense system that should be operational in about 18 months, but they revealed it yesterday or the day before, uh, that is able for about a cost of $3.5 to do what a $50,000 missile from the Iron Dome does to take down the Qasem rockets and those cheap rockets that... Um, are often fired from from Gaza, but the other the parallel was in Libya, where we see in, in in Turkey being far more aggressive, just as they have been in the Mediterranean and threatening the uh, announced uh, pipeline between Israel, Cyprus, and Greece, and we'll be visiting the leaders in both of those countries as we will in Israel in the coming day and a half, uh, two days, uh, to advance this this cooperation. But they they are now supporting. The um, uh, the government in Tripoli, that is, uh, Turkey, is in sending in weapons and drones and other equipment. Uh, although the, that element is losing and is down to about a 250-mile strip of land, and people may not, you know, focus on Libya, but it's a very important country. It's very rich in energy, but it's also uh, an important country in terms of the security and the balances in, in the region. 
so the um uh, and the um the other thing is to see that uh, Khania from Gaza went to the funeral and um you know he's the head of the Politburo of the, of uh, of Hamas and he attends and became came under very sharp attack for for doing it from some of uh, some of their neighbors in the in the region but they also um i mean he was seen meeting with uh, the leadership thereafter and especially Mohandas's uh, and uh, Soleimani's successors so you see the interrelationship to your point about the regional implications of all of this and the uh, the um, build-up that is going on continues to go on. And you think, I mean, it sounds like you said this earlier, Iran does have the same way nobody really suspects, if they're being objective, that they think they could take on the U.S. Uh, do they have the same attitude toward Israel? No one suspects that they really do believe they could take on Israel at this time? I believe that is the case, and nobody wants to see an escalation into an all-out war. Hezbollah certainly knows the price that they would pay and Lebanon would pay. Um, I think the same in Gaza, where you have a, this three-month uh, reduction in in terror um, and the border demonstrations. But that doesn't mean the threat is ever dissipated or goes away, and Israel has to be constantly alert, especially the northern border with Syria, where more tunnels are attempted. And we see, we know there's a buildup in the vast amount of rockets that are there already, and their infiltration of the Syrian army and the militias, the pro-Iranian militias that have been established there, uh, represent a significant uh, challenge. But I, I think... Uh, to to the core of your question, uh, which was properly phrased, I do not think right now any of them want an all-out confrontation. You know, when I saw the prime minister, God bless him, uh, we'll talk about him in a minute. When I when I saw the way he reacted and, and and so desperately wanted to heap as much praise as possible on President Trump, it just it 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 gave me the impression that there was just so much negative reaction to what the president here had done. That the prime minister, again, rightfully so, is just trying to, you know, in in some way convince somebody. <laughs> don't don't you see how good how good of a move this was? Don't don't you see that he did the right thing? Uh, I mean, I guess my point is that uh, uh, the prime minister of Israel releases a statement, uh, shows support in a very significant way, and now I don't want to say sits back, but now we'll observe what happens and and see if Israel has to get involved or not. Well, for one, I think he does it because he means it. I think yeah. it is true that this is beneficial to Israel and important <clears throat> that America shows, and because that's the strongest deterrent, is when America shows strength. That's what terrorists understand. That's what Iran understands. And and the so I think the first motivation is because they really see it as an important measure and a positive step. The second thing is that he, America has stood by Israel, and he feels that at a time when America does the right thing, takes a courageous action, we should say it, and you should say it. And then secondly, that you show support when somebody is being knocked and knocked unfairly in in his estimation for taking the action that he did. So I think it's a natural reaction. I don't know that uh, there were many countries who reacted favorably because they they're all scared of Iran. And the answer is not to cower to them. It is to stand up to them. It is, and if they face the united front, and if the Europeans would do more on the sanctions front. We would, believe me, we would not have the problem we have today with Iran. Oh, by the way, I meant to ask you on that, because I, you know, I don't know when sanctions are exhausted. Like, I don't know what the sanctions list looks like and when, and when they're like at item 99 out of 100. Uh, was the U.S. able to implement more this week after all this? 
More sanctions? Yeah. Yes, they have more sanctions that they're working on, and more sanctions are being implemented. As you know, the Europeans are trying to bypass some of them. They've failed. They're not wor- the bypasses are not working. The economic impact on Iran is very apparent, and it may well be that they have a very shoddy army, very shoddy equipment, um, and the the um, you know the test would only be if if it's a, really in a conflict situation, but. There are many who believe that, in fact, Iran can't afford to to sustain any kind of a long, protracted war or conflict, and therefore is not interested in seeing this thing with America escalate. By the way, knowing the U.S. relationship with Iraq over the last 20 years, let's say, was it surprising to you to see just how significant the anti-American feeling was uh, in Iraq at this time? Yes, but first of all, we don't know the numbers, and you don't know how much of that is manufactured. I know from people in Iran, they said that for some of the demonstrations at the funerals, the roads were blocked, forcing people into the main streets where the where the processions were taking place, mm. because the other streets had been blocked off. So there are a lot of techniques that can help exaggerate the reality. Clearly, he did it. His death it evoked an emotional response from many people. There's no doubting that. Yeah, but I was really it, referring to the because the embassy thing was beforehand, and that's kind of surprised me that there was that type of uh, of anger against the U.S. there at that time, but before his before he was eliminated. Yeah, but we don't. You don't really know the numbers, right. and you don't know how right. how the demonstrations come about, how they're forced. People are forced to take off from work or or bus to uh, places for these demonstrations. The fact is that the bigger demonstrations were against Iran just a, a few days before. I didn't even realize that. So there, so there were significant uh, numbers of people who were taking to the streets against the Iranians. Absolutely, there and and in Iran itself and in Beirut. We just don't hear about that ever, especially in Iran itself. We just... Well, on this show, we did talk about it. No, I, I know. Reported on I, the de- I, but not, but you're right; it doesn't yeah. get doesn't get highlighted. You're absolutely I mean, right. That's a front page. It's not the news people that they want to promote. To me, that's a front page story. That that there's so much dissension, you know, with uh, among the citizens of Iran with the, with the way the government's handling things. All of these issues. And and when you saw the demonstrations, they yelled, "We will not." die for Gaza, we will not die for Hezbollah, we will die for Iran. They resent the, the involvements and the support for, for terrorism and the diversion of the economic wealth of the country away from the people, and let alone sacrificing it because of the sanctions regimes that are being put in place for their political, for the government's political uh, aspirations. So absolutely, there, there does not get the kind of attention, and that frustrates the people who are on the front lines, and they say when there's no resonance, if people aren't listening to us, when our broadcast, the Western broadcast, Voice of America, others, you know, play a contrary role in terms of, of letting people know what's happening and being a fair and balanced uh, source of news, uh, it, it creates even greater problems I, for them. I didn't even think of that. I didn't even think of the, the political bent that VOA will put on their stories and how dangerous that is when people are hearing it thousands of miles away. I didn't even think of that. You, well, you, that's you, why you have me on. <laughs> Thank you. Final, finally, the elections in Israel. I don't know. You know what feeling I – and by the way, when you spend Shabbos in Israel, you have a little bit more time to schmooze uh, you know, with people uh, about what's going on, a little bit more downtime. And you know, I was there last Shabbos, and, and the, here's the impression I get. When it got to the second election, so it was double the frustration. I think the third is not triple. I think it's like exponentially more – in terms of how people are rolling their eyes and are just, you know, completely 
have thrown their hands up about this upcoming election. I, you know, you've described how how people are sick of it, and you're you worry about all of this as we get closer to March. I get that, but seeing it up close and personal and hearing people's frustrations, I I, I think they're wondering how Israel just continues through a situation like this. And I found a note of resignation. You don't find people excited, pro or con. Uh, The the speculation always is, will BB get immunity? Will BB get this? But the discussion is about BB, primarily, about Prime Minister Netanyahu and, and, you know, his court challenges, the challenges in the Knesset now. And these are very complicated legal issues, which, you know, people can have an opinion on, but don't really study in the way necessary to have an intelligent assessment. Um, but I found that the that people are not even talking about the election. They 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 are just they're convinced that the outcome won't be much different than what it was before. I do hear more comments about individual candidates, more criticisms, more questioning of the roles of individuals um, than I heard the last time. Yeah, I think you're right about that. And I'm getting the impression that Gantz is a little bit stronger this time around. You, you just said that, you know, it sounded like you were saying that the, that you're expecting very similar results, but I don't know, if the election was today. I think most are thinking that Gantz might be uh, better off uh, nu- numerically, you know, result-wise, than he was last time. But, you know, we know from the past that, right. that yeah. the polls don't necessarily reflect right. what the pollsters uh, indicate, yeah. and that the the question will be the turnout. The question will be what happens between now and then in in, in BB's future. I mean, so March second is is a lifetime away in yeah. politics, That's but true. on the other hand, it's tomorrow, right. and the it's it's hard to to tell. Uh, and and people then lose confidence in everybody because the longer these campaigns go on, more and more people say things that are more foolish or, you know, uh, rejected by the people. Yep. So they, they, you know, and I believe in the end they tend to revert back to where they were. No question about it. Uh, I thank you. We have Rabbi Yudin coming up from Israel as well. Baruch Hashem. I apologize to you and to the audience about this crazy travel schedule right now our next weekly update will be two weeks from today please god enjoy israel for shabbat and thanks so much for joining us this morning good shabbos good shabbos thank you malcolm malcolm Holmline is executive vice chairman of the conference of presidents of major american jewish organizations our next weekly update will be two weeks from today the 24th of january seven forty eastern time right here at jm in the a.m